Saints Church Podcast. My name is Julia, and I can't wait for you to hear this message from our series, Family Vibes, called Blessed and Stressed. So wherever you're listening from, I hope you enjoy as Pastor Jeremy preaches a life-changing message. so good to be with you today. We're diving back into our series, Family Vibes. I hope you're enjoying this season and being outside and all the great things that we can do. Uh, But I want to take us back to Genesis chapter 13, and I'm going to read you an account of scripture about Abraham and his nephew Lot. So Genesis 13, verse 1 to 12 says this. It says, so Abraham left Egypt and traveled north to the Negev along with his wife Lot with all that they owned. Abraham was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. And from the Negev, they continued by traveling by stages towards Bethel, and they pitched their tents between Bethel and Ai, where they worshiped the Lord again. Lot, who was also traveling with Abraham, had also become very wealthy with flocks of sheep and goats and herds and cattle and many tents. But the land could not suppose support both Abram and Lot with all their flocks and herds living so close together. So disputes broke out between the herdsmen of Abram and Lot. At that time, the Canaanites and the Perizzites were also living in the land. And finally, Abram said to Lot, let's not allow this conflict to come between us or our herdsmen. After all, we are close relatives. The whole countryside is open to you. Take your choice of any section of land you want, and we will separate. If you want the land to the left, then I'll take the land on the right. If you prefer the land on the right, then I'll go left. Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zoar. The whole area was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord or the beautiful land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley to the east of them. He went there with his flocks and his servants and parted company with his uncle Abram. So Abram settled in the land of Canaan, and Lot moved his tents to a place near Sodom and settled among the cities of the plain. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much that scripture speaks to us. I thank you that it does so much in our lives as we let it sink into our hearts. And God, as we continue to seek you, would you speak to us today in Jesus' name? Amen, amen, amen. Well, the title of the message is Blessed and Stressed. Blessed and stretch, Stressed. Uh, there's a lot of things that can happen in our lives that We see uh, as huge blessings, as things that come to us because of an amazing thing that's happening. But sometimes they add stressors and they add other things uh, into the mix. And it's not because everything is bad, but sometimes we face conflict. Sometimes there's realities of life that happen. And uh, if you're watching and you've been married and you marry into a family, how many know that getting uh, married into a new family, it's a great blessing Uh, But there's also a little bit of stressing that goes on because you now have new family dynamics. You have new unspoken or spoken rules and ways of doing things. And there's this whole kind of mixture. And as the blessing of God is moving in your life, as there's an expansion of things, there is also stressors, there are irritants, there are conflicts, there are things that happen in life because of those things. And as we continue to talk about family vibes, one of the most incredible things we'll ever discover is that through Jesus, we are invited into, we're brought into the family of God. This brings a whole new new dynamic. This brings a whole new life for us. Uh, It brings a new family vibe. Ephesians 2.19 says this, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are citizens along with all of God's holy people, or you are members of God's family. 
And Romans, we talked a little bit before about how Romans says that uh, the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. So therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which we may edify one another. Or another uh, translation says we may edify the church. And so when we talk about family vibes, when we talk about dynamic, we're talking about three things. We're talking about righteousness, peace, and joy. And in recent weeks, we've talked about joy. Uh, but what about righteousness and peace? What about the, the, the other dynamics of the family? Well, I want to start today with this. Righteousness comes through Jesus. We find our right standing with Jesus. We become the righteousness of God through Jesus. It's instantaneous. It's part of that relationship with Jesus, but it's also a process as we follow and become more like Jesus. So righteousness is uh, who we have become because of the covering of Jesus, but it is who we are becoming as we grow and we walk and we let the Spirit of God change our lives and we become more and more like Jesus and walk in relationship with him. But peace... Peace is more of a characteristic. Peace is more of a family vibe. It's one of the uh, things we carry in the culture. We carry in our lives as a process or a part of the life we've been called into in the kingdom of God. And, and so we want to carry this kingdom quality of peace as we trust Jesus. Galatians 5 verse 22 says this. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love Joy, we talked about that before, and peace is the third one. Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things, there is no law. There is a growth. There is something coming out of us in the spiritual development of our lives. And love, joy, and peace are products of the kingdom life at work inside of us. And as we talk about peace today... I'm talking about this idea that we can be blessed and stressed, or there is this paradox of peace, that we, we have uh, a desire for peace, we should be carriers of peace, but there is a, a almost a, a grappling for peace, a wrestling, a war for peace. And, and what I want us to know today is, first and foremost, is that when we are in the family, we can understand and we can know that we are blessed. When you've become a part of the family of God, you need to know beyond a shadow of doubt, you are blessed. Ephesians 1 says this, All praise to God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. When you gave your life to Jesus, when you unite your life with Christ, you are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly realms because it says this, even before he made the world, God loved us. He chose us in Christ to be holy without fault in his eyes. And God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family, bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. So you are brought into a family. You are a part of the family because of your relationship with Jesus. And this is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. Come on, if you have a relationship with Jesus, if you have encountered him, you've invited him into your life, you are blessed 
You are rich in the grace and kindness of God because of Jesus. You are covered. What we didn't deserve is what we have received because of Jesus. What we could never get on our own is what is ours in Christ Jesus. And we are rich because of his kindness, because of his grace. And and we find freedom and we have freedom and we are blessed to be free in all spirits spiritual realms and in our heart, our mind, our soul because of our connection to Jesus. So we are blessed. I want you to know that today. You are blessed because of your relationship with Jesus. But the second thing that I want you to know is that blessing doesn't always stop stressing. I mean, just because we know and we've experienced the blessing of God, it doesn't always eliminate all the stressing and all of the other things that go on in us and around us in life. Uh, you know, I, there was a saying uh, a while ago, and maybe people still use it today, but it's kind of uh, a little bit uh, frustrating because, you know, some people, oh, pastor, I'm just, I'm just too blessed to be stressed. And I'm like... That's interesting because every single person that I know who is blessed does not walk through this life with zero stress ever. And and what we need to lean into and, and realize is that sometimes blessing does come with stressing or there are stressors that come when things start moving in our lives and things start expanding. You know, in the story of Abram and Lot, Genesis 13, verse 2 and verse 5, It shows us that both Abram and Lot were very blessed. Now, they're talking about the physical, natural realm, but as there was increase in their life, and we believe this is because God was with them and they were working their gifts, talents, and abilities, but as blessing came, so did stressing come. It says in Genesis 13, verse 2, Abram was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. Uh, Verse 5, Lot, who was traveling with him, had also become very wealthy with flocks of sheep and goats, herds, cattle, and many tents. But I want us to understand something about our lives, and this is not a comparison about they're more blessed than I am or you're more blessed than this person. Uh, And we got to get these earthly realm natures completely out of our head. But when we live out of a life of understanding that we are called into the family of God, we are blessed to be a part of of the family of God, there are still stressors that happen in life because the disruptive nature of life wants us to live in stress and conflict. It wants us to live in stress and conflict with others, with situations, even with ourselves. But the fruit of the Spirit that we're called to produce is supposed to be the things that we are asking God. We are working with God amidst of the stresses, the disruptions, the situations of life. And we're saying, God, I want your Spirit to move in my life so I produce these types of things. And peace is one of those things that is developing and something we're supposed to hold on to and have even in the midst of the stressors and pressures of life. You see, in Genesis 13, 5, it says, Lot, who was traveling with Abram, had also become very wealthy with flocks of sheep, goats, herds, cattle, many tents. But the land could not support both Abram and Lot with their flocks and herds living so close together. And this is what happened. So there was a stretching. There was a capacity issue. There was a lot of people. Can I just tell you, when there's a lot of people, when there's a lot of stuff, when there's different personalities, there will be conflict and there will be stressors. And as things expand, some Sometimes there are things we got to walk through, conflicts, disruptions. And it says this in verse 7, So disputes broke out between the herdsmen of Abram 
and Lot. There were disputes that came even in the midst of their lives, their families, where they were moving, where they were traveling. Abram had left his land to go where God was calling him to. And and as, as he was doing that, pursuing the heart of God for his life, there were still stressors that came. So we need to know that we're blessed, but we need to also know that being blessed doesn't mean we're never stressed. But I think one of the things we really need to know and we need to carry in our heart is so important that in the midst of all of this stuff, we are called to be peacemakers. In Genesis 13, verse 8, it says this, Finally, Abram said to Lot, Let's not allow this conflict to come between us and our herdsmen. After all, we're all close relatives. He might as well have been saying, After all, we're all family. And even though we have differing opinions, even though we have differing issues, even though there's a a stretching that's happening right now, we can't allow this to come between us. He doesn't deny the fact that the stress or the conflict is there, but what he actually does is he he brings it to light, he brings it to the table, and, and he decides to be a peacemaker. Often I think we forget that being a peacemaker is work. Um, being a peacemaker is work because perhaps we don't want the, to have the struggle. Perhaps we don't want to have the conversations that we need to with others. Perhaps we don't want to have the conversations we need to have with ourselves. Because if we're going to be peacemakers and we're going to pursue peace, we need to have some conflict conversations that say, we can't allow this to destroy us. We can't allow this to destroy where we're going. We can't allow these thoughts, these emotions, these feelings to destroy ourselves. Sometimes we're having that conversation with ourselves, but we're called to be peacemakers and we're called to pursue peace. But being a peacemaker is not the same as being a peacekeeper. This isn't a just abdicate and not deal with things and, 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 and fold back. But what I want us to understand is that the call to be a peacemaker is on every one of us. Matthew chapter 5 verse 9 says, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. I think we could say that the sons of God should be called peacemakers. I think it works both ways. And and when we're part of the family, when we're sons and daughters, we are in this realm, this life of righteousness, peace, and joy. We are called to be peacemakers. Hebrews 12 verse 14 says that we are to pursue peace with everyone and holiness since no one will see God without it. We are to pursue peace. And I want us to have this question in our hearts. How are we going to pursue peace? How are we going to be peacemakers in the midst of the blessing, the stressing, the the growth, the the things that are happening in our lives? How do we remind ourselves that we are blessed even though the natural agitations, the conflicts, the stresses of life are still there? And how do we pursue peace in the midst of that? Well, I believe that the pursuit of peace in ourselves, in our relationships, in the family, I believe that God wants us to take in some principles some principles that we must lean into and hold on to in our lives if we're going to pursue peace. Come on, if we're going to pursue peace, first and foremost, I think we need to remember is this, that peace with God comes first. In every situation, in everything that you're dealing with, 
Peace with God comes first. If you want true peace, peace with God has to come first. Romans 5 verse 1 says this. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's important that we never forget that true peace, that peace that goes beyond what we could understand, goes beyond even the narrative of our situations, true peace flows out of a kingdom nature and righteousness. And we must be at peace with God to carry the peace of God. For some of you, this is a call to surrender your life to Jesus. To say, God, I, I need to make peace with you so I can carry the peace of the family, the, 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 the kingdom peace that you so desperately have for me. But that takes a surrender and saying, God, I, I want to surrender my sin, my shame, my life, everything that I have. I want to I commit it to you and I want to walk with you because it's only in a relationship with Jesus can we carry true and lasting peace. But for other of us, Maybe it's a check and a balance to say, God, if, if there's this disruption and there's this lack of peace, can I come back to you, Jesus, and say, Jesus, can we be at peace first? You see, Isaiah 32, verse 17 says, the work of righteousness will be peace and the effect of righteousness, quiet assurance forever. Just say, God, like, how am I, how am I doing? God, what are you speaking to me about? Am I surrendered to you? Am I, am I walking with you? I have all these disruptions. And, and we, we get our heart in that place where we're at peace with God first, saying, God, uh, I'm all yours. I'm totally surrendered to you. And I need you to work peace in my life in all these situations because I'm totally submitted to you and I have peace with you first. I think that's why the writer wrote in Thessalonians that says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. We want to come to Jesus first for peace, that we find his peace and him walking with us always and in every way. So if we're going to lean into and pursue peace in our lives, peace with God comes first. Secondly, I think we should remember and we should lean into the fact that sometimes peace takes patience. Now, if you're like me, I'm just like, I, I don't like this one. I want peace, and I want calm, and I want easy, but I do not want to have to have patience. If you go back to our story about Abram and Lot in Genesis 13, it says, finally, Abram said to Lot in verse 8, let us not allow this conflict to come between us or our herdsmen. After all, we're close relatives. And he said, the whole countryside's open to you. So take your choice of any section of the land you want and we'll separate. If you want the land to the left, I'll take the land on the right. If you prefer the land on the right, then I'll go to the left. And sometimes peace takes patience because you have to be gentle and you have to be willing to have conversations without getting worked up, without getting your back up, without having an agenda all the time in the situation. And, and I want us to really lean into this idea that making peace is different than just folding or giving in to keep the peace. Some of us are so good at trying to keep the peace so we never ruffle or have conversations or, or say the things we need to. But no, no, making peace is dealing with the conflict, the narrative, the conversation in a way that is gentle, loving, and patient for the best possible outcome. This is why peace is so important to the family. It's a, it's a characteristic, it's a nature of the kingdom of God. 
Peacemaking takes gentleness and patience. 2 Timothy 2.24 says, A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be kind to everyone, able to teach and be patient with difficult people. Some of you think you're dealing with difficult people. Some of us are the difficult people. And we all need peacemaking abilities to find patience and grace and gentleness in dealing with the things that we need to deal with. You know, Titus 3.2 says that the call is to be peaceable, gentle, and showing humility to all men. Do we walk humbly before people when we are trying to make peace, when we are trying to find peace? Are we patient? Are we humble? Are we walking in the best way possible? Romans 12, 18 says this, If it's possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. So this just goes to show, we will never be at perfect peace in all situations, but we can carry the peace of God in patience and humility and do everything we can. So we can live out our days carrying the peace of God in our hearts. So we need to lean into the fact that, you know, uh, peace with God comes first. We need to lean into the fact that sometimes uh, peace takes patience, but I, I want us to also learn to lean into and trust and carry the principle that says, peace must be held as a characteristic of my life and God working in me, rather than something that I can achieve or fulfill with any substance. Can I just tell you this? Peace is not a piece of pie in a bake shop. I mean, you go in there and you're like, hmm, how do you just pick one piece of pie? There's like 30 flavors, and, and you're looking at all of this stuff around, and it looks amazing, and, it, and we're like... The thought that goes through my mind anyways, maybe you're much more spiritual when it comes to your eating and the way that you handle things, but my mind goes to, it's like, what is going to be the most amazing, satisfying thing? And then I very quickly come to the realization that it's not one piece of pie, it's two or three, because I, I want this and I want that. And it's like, I think we're doing this in our life sometimes. We're, we're taking so many slices of all these different things, trying to find a measure of peace for a relationship, a situation, something that we're dealing with, and, and we've made it a substance. We, we, we think a substance or a, a holiday or a more money or a relationship or something else is going to give us that slice of peace that we need, that reprieve, and sometimes... We've looked to all of these things and we're so left unfulfilled and it's because the reality is that the peace of God is the thing that takes us out of anxiety, out of chasing, out of pursuing all the wrong things, but brings us back to the kingdom nature, that it is a substance of our life with God where we are rich in all spiritual blessings when we can carry the peace and the righteousness and joy of the Holy Spirit in whatever situation we are in. Why? Because we have the peace of God beyond anything else. We're not trying to find it in something. We've already found it in Jesus. Philippians 4 verse 6 to 7 says this, be anxious for nothing but in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Sometimes we're facing things that we really need to know. There's that assurance, that peace of God that guards our heart and guards our mind because we still have to go through the conflict. 
We can know that we are blessed in God, but still have to deal with the disruptions, the stressors, those parts of life, knowing that God is going to, by his peace, guard our hearts and minds, and we are going to move through those things. But we have to pursue peace. Pursue it in the right place. Know that we found it in Jesus. Number four, I think we can come to a place where we lean into and hold this principle that when peace is our priority, it doesn't always look like we win. And this one's a tough one to swallow. But when we make peace our priority, it might in the natural not always look like we came out winning. Genesis 13, Abram and Lot, verse 10 to 12. says, Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zoar. The whole area was well watered everywhere like a garden of the Lord or the beautiful land of Egypt. And Lot chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley to the east of them. He went there with his flock servants and parted company with his uncle Abram. So Abram settled in the land of Canaan. And Lot moved his tents to a place near Sodom and settled among the cities of the plain. And I think some of us, like, the the thing that jumps out of you in that scripture is like, well, Abram had to settle. In order to have peace, he had to settle. No, in order to have peace, Abram had to defer, trust God, lean into the fullness of his relationship with God, knowing that he would be okay, knowing that he would be secure. It didn't matter what Lot chose. His walk with God was what brought him peace, fruitfulness, joy, and he just kept going with what God had called him into because Abram's peace never flowed out from what he had, what he got, or whether it looked like he won. It came out of a surrender in his heart that he knew he was going where God would lead him. So he had a promise from God. And even so, our peace should be founded on the fact that God is with us and he will be our peace in all things and in all situations. The writer of James said, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It's kind of like God's wisdom is not always like our wisdom But it's also peace-loving. It's gentle at all times. We talked about that. It's willing to yield to others. Sometimes when we pursue peace, the Spirit of God will say, this is a time to yield. This is a time to speak up. This is a time to trust me. This is a time to keep pushing on this area. It's full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds, it shows no favoritism, and it's always sincere. And it says this, and those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace, and they will reap a harvest of righteousness. They will reap the right reward, the righteousness of God, the thing that he called us to, the righteousness, peace, and joy of this kingdom life. Peace should be our priority, but it doesn't always mean it looks like we win the way we think we should win. But it means that we hold on to the promise of God who leads us, guides us, and directs us. But the last thing I want us to latch on to and lean into is when it comes to peace, one of the things we, we sometimes, just after time and being around church or the preaching the word or people for a long time is we we, we kind of take this all in about us and that's good. We're, we're here to grow. We're here to learn. We're here to see God change us. We're, we're here to bear fruit. We're here to see what God's spirit does in our lives. But 
Sometimes I think we forget that when it comes to the gospel, the peace of others is our problem. And so in the natural, I just want to preface and say this. You cannot run around and when someone's peace is disrupted, think it's your fault and carry that burden and stuff for them all the time. You, you can't do it. You'll wear yourself out. Um, you, you can lead them towards Jesus and what he wants to do in their life. But if we try to carry that and make everyone's peace, they're, they're being happy all the time, their satisfaction, our problem, uh, uh, we, we can, on our own strength, get very worn out very fast. Um, you know, it's like sometimes with my kids, I'll be like, hey, can someone pick up those dishes that are left out all over in, in this place? And they're like, well, that's not mine. And, and I think sometimes we look at the world and we look at people and we, we see this disarray and this disruption of people's life. And we're like, we feel this prompting of Jesus saying, you could really bring some peace to that situation. We're like, well, oh, I mean, it's not my situation. It's not my problem. But I want you to hear very closely that if God is leading you into it, it's because he wants you to infuse and inject the nature and character of the righteousness, peace, and joy that Jesus has for people. And our heart should be so ready to be those that bring peace, that we make their peace our problem, not in a way that we fix their life or make them happy, but we lead them to a true source of peace in Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.18 says this, Now, all of this is a gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ, and God has given us this task, reconciling people to him. That's a pretty crazy thought that people can be reconciled to God because we carry the call to bring them to a knowledge of the righteousness, peace, and joy that they can find in the grace of Jesus. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. And we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Come on, as we talk about the family vibes, peace is a big part of it. But not only our own peace, not only understanding that we can find peace in the midst of the stressors of life, we can pursue peace, we can carry it, we can live it out because of what Jesus has done for us, but also we can know that we are called to lead others into this family dynamic, this relationship with Jesus that will actually lead them into all righteousness, peace, and joy. Come on, I just want to challenge you today that let the Holy Spirit work in your heart, in your life, to say, God, who do you want me to show that the peace of God is for them, that the joy of the Lord is for them, that the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ is a free gift offered for them? It's something we carry. It's something we're called to. It's something that we contend for all throughout our lives. But the dynamic is real. Righteousness, peace, and joy. We're called to this as the family of God. Hey, I don't know where you're at today, but maybe you have been wrestling with peace in your life and, and the things that are going on. And, and I really believe that it's because you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus yet. 
The Bible says God didn't send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save it through him. Jesus came not to bring a confrontation to you for the sake of confrontation, but to show us that we need his peace, his righteousness, and his joy in our lives. And if that's you today, I want to invite you in. I want to invite you into a place where you can surrender your life to Jesus, have a relationship with him, and know that as you follow him one step at a time, you can start learning what it means to walk out your life in righteousness. You can be made right before God because of Jesus. Have a relationship with him, but learn how to walk in the, the, the reality of the peace, the joy, uh, the, the fruit of the spirit that we talked about, because God wants to walk with you. So if that's you, I just would love to pray with you. And, and if you would, pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I want to be at peace with you. I want you to come into my life. I know that some of the things that I've done and where I've been and who I am are causing some of these disruptions and, and it's causing the separation. But Jesus, I believe that by your grace and by your death on the cross, I can surrender my life and receive you into my heart so that I can walk in righteousness, peace, and joy. So Jesus, I give you my heart, I give you my life. I'm making a decision to follow you one step at a time to make you Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us today. If you want to know more about Jesus or who we are as a church, head on over to saintschurch.ca. We meet every Sunday and would love to see you in person. Also, if you'd like to hear more on how to follow Jesus one step at a time, we have a whole collection of sermons right here on this podcast. Have a great rest of your day. See you next time.